Welcome to the Off Deadline Podcast. I'm Matthew Reed. Today I'm back at the North Shore Music Theater, this time to speak to two stars of the upcoming production of Oklahoma. My guests are Blake Price, who plays the part of Curly, and Madison Claire Parks, who plays Lori. They are both making their debuts at the North Shore Music Theater, and here they discuss what they like most about the show and their characters, what makes Oklahoma such a timeless classic, and why people should come out and see the show. Here's my interview with Blake Price and Madison Claire Parks. So, Blake, Madison, thank you so much for, for joining me today. Um, yeah. Do you want to get started a little bit by just talking about, um, you know, sort of your experience in theater and what brought you here? Yeah, well, thank you so much for having us. This is my first time working at North Shore for both of us. Yeah, yeah. same. Likewise. So excited to be here doing this show. And actually, Oklahoma was my very first oh, really? professional show, playing Lori. Oh, same, um, same role? Same role, nice. yeah. So it's nice to circle back around to it, um, particularly for me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I actually... I've obviously, I mean, this is literally the show that basically created what musical theater is today. So I've known about it since the minute I stepped into a theater to sing and dance and do everything that you do in a musical. Um, And so it's been on my radar for a while. And I just recently, last year, did it at Stage of St. Louis. um, And I played Curly. And so to be able to revisit it in less than a year is Mm -hmm. just wild. So wild. But I've never been to North Shore, so I'm excited to do it in the round. Riding. That's a new thing for me, okay. and especially in the round for you, because you oh. get a special friend. In yes, this. yeah. So we have a whole new character in the show named Patrick. Uh, <laughs> he's a horse, a real live horse that I ride in on. So that's something to very much look forward to. It's very and method. I have, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Patrick and I are close. I actually haven't met Patrick yet. Okay. So very excited <laughs> to get the... Yeah, not yet. So maybe Patrick... I mean, I, he's got quite the resume. So. Yeah, Patrick plays Dunn. Yeah, right? Patrick's yeah. done. That's that's mm-hmm. my boy. Wow. That's my boy. Have you ridden horse. horses before? Uh, I've ridden them before, but never like you know, like ridden like in control. I think yeah. I was a kid the last time I was on okay. one, and someone was handling it the whole time. So. Who's yeah, going to be? Whose idea was that to have a live horse? A great show? question. <laughs> oh, no. I assume I assume that someone that was figured out before you got. Yeah, yeah. someone. Yeah, I, I won't even speculate. I, someone said something about them reaching out to the theater. Someone mm-hmm. reaching out saying, like, uh, you're doing Oklahoma. We have a horse who's, I guess, in his busy work schedule. Yeah. They found a couple <laughs> weeks where they, they were willing to, to loan him out. And I guess Patrick signed the contract and he was on board. So Game to do the show? Yeah, game to do the show. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned that it's a very iconic show. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you sort of approach roles where you know that most of the people in the audience have heard the songs probably a lot of them haven't memorized um how do you do you try to bring new things or how do you approach that i think it's sort of that's a difficult challenge of it too because some of these characters are so beloved and these songs too and i think for me i kind of have to put that away i can't think about that and just have to think about the text and Mm -hmm. what i want to do with it and you know versus being like well let me mix it up just sort of putting all of that aside, the expectations of it, which is difficult, um, particularly with the revival um, that's on Broadway right now and putting all of, you know, what I what I had done with it, what other people have done with it and just look at it again as new, yeah. which is hard to do. With but a, Yeah, with a fresh set of eyes. Yeah. Yeah. And you I haven't seen the most recent revival mm-hmm. on Broadway, but you have. I have. I and we've, see we've talked this. about it. And obviously they do a lot of different things in terms of the way it's staged and the way mm-hmm. that it's interpreted. It's all the same script, but what we're word doing is word, yeah. yeah. What we're doing is um, it's in the round, very similarly mm-hmm. to that production. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't have a horse, first of all. So <laughs> slackers already. Already we got a leg up. Um, but we're also kind of tying to the traditional aspects of it, um, mm-hmm. and and we're making sure that we really stick to um, what the story was meant to be, while also keeping in mind that 
you know, it's a, it's been 75 years since this story was first written, you know, at a time where we were at war. You know, mm-hmm. there, this was written specifically to um, basically, I mean, it was more or less, I mean, for lack of a better term, it was kind of a propaganda to, to bring in patriotism and to get people behind fighting Nazism. Mm-hmm. And that's why soldiers were given free tickets to the performances. And when it first opened... And, was it for, um, did it open in, am I making up a number, 43? 43, yep. <laughs> September, September of 1943, mm-hmm. it opened on Broadway, and it was the first musical to ever combine scenes into songs. That into, actually continued the story. Yeah, completely forwarded the story and character relationships. And for me, you know, knowing that everyone from Alfred Drake, who first opened it, to, uh-huh. you know, the guy who's now doing it on Broadway, um, it's it's exactly what you said. It's, it's you got to bring your own, even me doing it last year, you have to bring your own fresh eyes to this piece, knowing what you know now, what I didn't know, you know, nine or so months ago, mm-hmm. and just be ready to, to give a ter- different interpretation and be mm-hmm. excited about how the audience responds. And, yeah, and so just, far, it's been different. Yeah. And, you know, despite I know some traditionalists have loved or some have hated the revival, I went to go see it because I just wanted to see what they were doing with it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as well as there's a reason that it is back on Broadway. It's lasted this long because it's a great piece. And again, they're saying word for word. Hmm. what we are saying even you know they've modernized and done different things with it but we're doing a pretty traditional sense of it Hmm. but there's a reason that these words and these characters have lasted this long and um and i think it's a piece also that is growing with the times as well i was going to ask about like how timely do you think it still is and i think it incredibly i I think incredibly so because a romance i feel like is very much you know, a, a, what is love? Like, what is love? You know, um, I think that there's a reason that we go to that sort of escape. Mm-hmm. But this is a little more than that. And that's what I love so much about this show and these characters is they all are imperfect characters. Mm-hmm. They yeah. have they're flawed in a beautiful way, which is, I think, why they've lasted this long. And it reminds you, I mean, when the play was written, Green Girl, the Lilacs, which is what the musical is based on, it, I mean, and they also, I mean, Rodgers and Hammerstein took a lot of the same text from that play and put it into the musical because it's just, you know, as, as, um, the, as a uh, composer I know once said, I mean, you know, why fix what's not broken? You know, it's right. just use, you if it's genius, use it. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's, it's amazing to look at how for, oh, that's, that was written over a hundred years ago. And how those themes and those patterns are still being created today in our daily lives. Like, you know, people will say we're in love is a song is, you know, it's the classic Roger and yeah. Hammerstein. I love you, but I'm not going to tell you about yeah. it, but I don't. You <laughs> I know. love you, but we're not in love. You know, it's, <laughs> it's the whole, yeah, I'm, we're going to talk about love without being in love. and Without expressing it in that direct of a way, yeah. which I think they do so well right. um, as Roger and Hammerstein. And and it creates such, and it creates a tension with the audience where they're going, oh, we just need them to, we just want them to, to be together. We want mm-hmm. them to be together. And I mean, that's, that's what makes it so genius. So yeah. yeah. And what hopefully makes you fall in love with them and want to see their story through mm-hmm. <laughs> until the end. And I think it's also very interesting. I, I did the role when I was actually just 16 and Lori is supposed to be about 16, 17. Um, and it's very interesting to a, approach it again i mean what i'm still 16 um no uh to approach it again and to approach it again in this day and age as well where not only is she already written as a really strong you know a powerful woman which i love um but to even lay into that a little bit more and have her you know she runs this farm with ann eller yes mm-hmm. is judd is a hired hand but they run this farm mm-hmm. and they she is strong and knows 
it is also a coming of age story. She's figuring that out as we go. Oh yeah, um, for both of us. Yeah, and and the whole dichotomy between mm-hmm. cowboy and the farmman. Cowboys mm-hmm. are mo- mostly known for roaming where the cattle go. I mean, I've in my my background of the story is that he he didn't he wasn't grown he wasn't born and raised in Oklahoma. I mean, he <laughs> came from another area in the country in the frontier, and I mean, we met when I was first probably cowboying and and first you know um, shepherding the cattle and and such and so. I think it, it means a lot that I, I, I mean, no spoilers. A lot of people know know the way the story ends, but that I that I, I play this game with her and that we, we start our yeah. story. And that's what's so charming about them, too, is it is this sort of playground innocence in their flirtation. Mm-hmm. Is It is sort of yeah. that, like, poking fun at each other and never kids. really saying it. Yeah, we're just And they kids. are just kids sort of, you know, playing in a new way that they, mm-hmm. you know, maybe – would have as they're growing up through the story too. Yeah. Um, Even Ann changes. Eller plays along with us too. Mm-hmm. I mean, she she eggs it on a hundred percent, almost to a I mean a, a dangerous degree. She's like, <laughs> yeah. Why don't you just grab her and kiss her? And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, she's gonna punch me if I do that, Ann Eller. You know that she already and, wants to that kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah, and that's also a really important setup, I think, for us too, and for Lori too, to have that because there are the few lines, I think, it sometimes. This audience will go like, ooh, you know, yeah. <laughs> in this day yeah. and age. It's but peri- it's also, yeah. it is a period piece as well as how we deal with them is very important. That's something we're figuring right. out in rehearsal mm-hmm. too and how to yeah. play that. And I, and I think the story, especially now, ha- must revolve a lot around Lori in that mm-hmm. regard. Because it is, the story really is about her decision between mm-hmm. these two you know, actual very, very suitable candidates mm-hmm. in terms of marriage. And she's getting to the age where everyone's point, everyone's nudging her. Mm-hmm. Who are you going to go? Like, who are you going to go to the box social with? AKA, like, who are you going to see yourself with for the rest of your life? Because that was the setup. And, you know, it's hard to think too, like women didn't have the vote until it's 19, until like almost a hundred years ago. Now this was before any of that. So unfortunately they did need that marriage, that was a key into a better life in some ways for them and a more stable life, which is why I like that, you know, she is on her own and run, running this farm until kind of the, maybe a little too yeah. old for that day and age, 16, you know, now we're like, oh God, yeah. no. Yeah, and, but, it, and it can be intimidating for, for Curly specifically mm-hmm. too, because, you know, you have someone like Judd who, who already has such a solid foundation of how to take care of a, take care of a farm, take mm-hmm. care of a property. Mm-hmm. And I'm coming in as a cowboy who all I know is rope and steer and, and, yeah. and, and kind of roaming around. And this woman is, is she has such a power and such a fortitude, you know, it's, it's a um, immovable object meeting an unstoppable force. Yeah. And that's a lot of what makes the story so, you know, rife with uh, mm-hmm. conflict and emotion. Yeah. And I love, I love the whole Judd stuff too, because it's, especially with Alex. T- oh my God. He is so, I've never seen Judd I've play the way that him. he's playing it. Yeah. And it, it is. First day I, we were doing, we were doing the scene, you know, one of the final scenes where he really kind of breaks down with Lori and it, I've it never broke seen my heart. Yeah, I, I've, I've, yeah. I've never been emotional on the first day, let alone. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, wow, we're starting you know, off real yeah, like right. sobby here. Well, and Judd, I mean, traditionally, Judd in 1943, and he can probably speak to it better than better than we can. But yeah. in 1943, he was a representation of Nazism. You know, we mm. saw the whole story itself was built to show what a community can do when it comes to rooting out evil, Nazism, communism. And so Judd represented that, and that's the way it's traditionally taken. Judd is an angry, mean, old guy, and that's why Lonely Room is so conflicted. It's Mm -hmm. because you get to see behind the curtain a little bit, and that's why I think it's so poignant having Lonely Room and having him 
It's one yeah. of my favorite, actually, music, musical pieces mm-hmm. in yeah. the show, let alone what it represents yeah. and yeah. his moment in that. And I think that's also an interesting thing in today's day and age, you know, mm-hmm. what, what creates the outcast or whatever? Is it the society that maybe his intention isn't all there? Mm-hmm. I mean, ne- negatively? Or, you know, or... Are we driving him to it? Are we driving him to it? Um, is he mentally unstable? Is it like a comment on mental right. health and things like that? You know, again, maybe that's a little too... Yeah, reading into yeah. it in like a 2019 way, but I think... But that's for the audience is to really start... To decide. And, and I think Alex is doing an incredible job already, still yeah. getting off still getting off the script. Yeah. He's doing an unbelievable to job. To make us even think about those things is what I was really moved by and yeah. interested in going like, oh, yeah, what creates the outcast? Is it us? Is he like that? What is it? And I think that's also what is confusing to Laurie about it as well. Yeah, especially if you think about the song Poor Judd is Dead, which we oh. just blocked the other day. So dumb. And it's And it's... Today, you just can't... You just can't write that song Mm-mm. in the in the same context it just won't i mean unless it's done as carefully as it needs to be you, mm-hmm. but done today it, it, it tells a different story and it's mm-hmm. still funny because it, the punchlines are still genius yeah as but, well as i think that's what's brilliant about it is you're like i'm uncomfortable i'm laughing because mm-hmm. it's funny but should i be and it questions all of that right? and it's because of what we know about mental health now mm-hmm. right? so, yeah it's yeah. a very it's a very tricky thing but his innocence <laughs> his his his, his heart eyes, that he brings heart. to it you know, as well as somebody that is just truly conflicted and maybe doesn't know how to how to handle these situations. Yeah, you ache for him. Yeah, as as does Lord. She doesn't know how to handle something like that. And I think in some ways that's also the coming of age. She doesn't necessarily know how to handle looking at her sort of track with all the men in the show too. How she handles having to stick up for herself and grow up that way and be her own woman. Right. But also when it is in any way romantic or sexual, she that's a coming of age that she's learning how to deal with that and has never had to I think yeah. and Anna, Anna is one of the first people who I mean she's the one who hires Judd mm-hmm. um, so she obviously knows that he he's worth every bit of his salt that he that he says he is yeah. and, and hold his own and she argues when I try and bash him she argues for him she goes don't you go don't you go bashing Judd because you know he he pulls his weight around here you're going around you know cowboying and everything I, I love you but don't pretend like you're all you're all it. You know you're yeah. not you're not everything you make yourself out to be. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's yeah. a very, very interesting story. And it just and more like I, that's the thing you could talk about it. For I could talk hours about it. Hours, I know because we haven't even there's Mac. so many no, no. layers. <laughs> um, I mean, you mentioned the rehearsal process. Where you know exactly are you right now in the process, and how much do you still have to figure out? <laughs> <laughs> so much. So whenever we're I do these, interviews, sometimes I, I do the. Oh, okay, so we're on day four. A little earlier than I day we four, normally do these interviews. And I know this coming Tuesday, so. Friday, Saturday, so today, half of today, Saturday, Sunday, and then Tuesday, we're trying to have a designer run with all of the, you know, Tuesday? lighting sound. I assume, so. I, if I'm remembering correctly, oh. either Tuesday or Wednesday. It's coming up faster than we <laughs> but think. But we, I think we have more more done than we think we do. Yeah, um, we have a lot, like, just even physically, like, blocked and figured out, yeah. as well as, now it's... The one-on-one scenes we have pretty, pretty much pretty, done, but you know, in terms of transitions as well as the big, you know, we haven't really touched a lot of Act Two yet, but mm-hmm. um, I know we'll get there. It's, it's just... and I think that's also happening after this break today. Is a lot of that is getting done, yeah. but also, I I know I feel I have a lot of homework to do on my own as far as not even just memorization and going over. Oh, I cross here on this and do you know all of that, mm-hmm. but really also making sure it's very important to me that. She is true to who she is, but as well as, uh, you know, I think really making a comment and standing strong in yeah. also being a woman in 2019. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, she's wanna, flawed. I mean, she's, a, she's, she's a flawed absolutely human being, flawed. One, one of the last, again, lines of hers 
after a a death. I mean, I know I like as if nobody's yeah. seen Oklahoma before. Like, ooh, surprise. Yeah. Um, you know, she goes, "Why did this have to happen to us?" You know, it's that also that young, selfish thing that you take everything on so much. Mm-hmm. And she's flawed, and it's a really awful thing to say when somebody else dies. You go, why did this have to happen to me? Right, like um, this was our day. This was our yeah. day. This was should have been about us. Yeah, it's a very privileged thing. It's a very, that's, mm-hmm. That's life. And, I th- and that's what I love about her, though. And mm-hmm. I love that that's in there because it's not, she's not, none of them are perfect characters. How collaborative has the whole process been, you know, so far? Because I know you guys are both familiar with the characters having played them before. How much, you know, are input are you able to give as opposed to? Oh my gosh, a, incredibly a lot. Yeah. I mean, Charlie just wants to play, which is Charlie, amazing. Our director, yeah. Charlie yeah. and we can just go up there and try things and ask questions and figure it out on its feet yeah. too, oh, yeah. which has been. Yeah. So wonderful, as well as and there, yeah, and there are some days where he's like, "We got to get this blocked." You like, know? And let's it's get like, this done. Right, like, you know, let's we'll, be quiet. <laughs> we'll figure it out. And then, if you go up to him on a break, if you have something that you have a concern with or something that uh, you know, an idea, mm-hmm. take it take it to him privately. And like, okay. that's he's yeah. so open. So it must be a great. Yeah. It's a huge it help. And even even today, like I had a, a question about something that I asked him on break, and then I brought it yeah. to you, and I was like, "What do you think of yeah. this?" Like, just the cast in general, as well as like supported by the creative team seems to be really open to be like, hey, can we try this? How does that work for you? What do you think of this? It really is well, collaborative in that way. Yeah, there was a big discussion about a certain moment between us where we're singing and people will say we're in love and after it I, I go to Judd and confront yeah. Judd and there's this big transition moment between the two of us where I did it last year one way and then and this time we really wanted to get into like, why does this happen the way it does? It's, you know? It shifts so quickly. So quickly. And... and but it's that. But yeah. but what we what we found out is that you know because of our youth, because of the energy and like mm-hmm. our our immaturity, really, it it turns on a dime. The way that you do when like something just kind of sets you off when you're when you're in an immature state of mind, you you mm-hmm. you know things that make you more angry than you even think is rational. And that's, <laughs> yeah. And it's interesting. We have, but we had to like really dig into it. And, oh yeah. And try because it a that ways. it didn't make sense to me, and I try to overthink things in some ways. Yeah. But then I go, no, this is so. Yeah guttural for them too because of their age but that's not to say that they are not extremely intelligent in that way as well yeah but smart Um, people do stupid things absolutely and i think they can definitely be smart um but also be guttural (laughs) can have a nice that's the balance i think we're finding too and i'm finding approaching the material yeah um well just to wrap up if you want to um maybe talk to people who are thinking about coming to the show i'm sure there's you know people who have loved the show forever who are definitely (laughs) going to come but for the people who you know are are considering it what would you what would your message be to them about why they should see the show well first and foremost we've already started selling out shows Mm. so first weekend (laughs) is i know i know we have a few shows that are sold out and a few that are on its on their way to being sold out so if you haven't gotten your tickets please Mm -hmm. get your tickets um we would love to have a nice full house it's just incredible. it makes such a difference too yeah, and I yeah. know people love the show because it is and there's a reason it's lasted this long and the little bits that I've gotten to watch also the dream ballet which thank god I'm not a part of um, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get yeah. to just watch them really beautifully dance Yeah, the dancing and the choreography in this as well is absolutely stunning and and I think that was also kind of revolutionary for the time to have this huge yeah. dream ballet and it's completely done justice in and this. We've, and we've been, I mean, we get to sit off and watch um, Cooper, who's playing, who's playing Ali Akim, with, yeah. with our Ada Annie, as well as our... Will, um, and they're Will all Parker. so funny. That's the thing. Again, there's and reason again, it's I just because... did it last year, and this is, it has a whole new flavor to it, a whole new freshness, and 
And the fact that the show is in the round. I mean, you have, there's no That's bad seat. That's an adjustment, seat. but yeah, you can see everything. There's no bad seat in the house, and we, it gives you such a, it feels like you're sitting around at the box social, you know, and it feels like you're a part of the story as it unfolds. It works and, really well for this show in particular, I think, because you get to be a part of that and be in this absolutely. town with them. Yeah. And, and yeah. there's a live horse on stage. <laughs> there is Patrick, a live beautiful, horse. Beautiful, beautiful I really, When he told me that the first time, I yeah, like, you're people, messing with yeah, me. Yeah, everyone thought we were lying. And I said, no, I got to listen. Because they called me ahead of time. They were like, hey, are you comfortable with it? I a said, very yeah, official absolutely. phone call. Yeah, well, I mean, you got to know. Like, if, right. if horses scare me to death, we may have a problem. But mm -hmm. luckily, I'm I'm all for it. I'm, you know, I, I don't care if he throws me off one night. Yeah. If anything, it, it is even better for the, oh, what a beautiful morning. Yeah, yeah that's... Yeah, I'll, to be fair, that's something that they probably won't see everywhere is a live horse. Live horse, yep, even on Broadway. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> My thanks to Blake Price and Madison Claire Parks. To learn more about Oklahoma at the North Shore Music Theater or to buy tickets, visit nsmt.org slash Oklahoma and click the buy tickets link. The show runs from June 4th to 16th and is suitable for all audiences. As always, to listen to this podcast and many more, visit wickedlocal.com slash topics slash podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Off Deadline Podcast. Have a great day.